Hello students and welcome back to the Lore of the Iron Kingdoms with me, Professor Castor. Today we'll be going to talk about Kodor, and particularly their Colossals, which are Warjacks that are above and beyond of any other Warjack carried in the Kodoran army. In comparison to the game, these guys are not 50mm, but 120mm, so these guys are about, I don't know, double, triple the size of an average Warjack, which makes these guys colossal to begin with. And we'll be discussing only their Mark III today because Mark IV has not been established because well, these guys are game-breaking in their size and ability to throw out damage. So until they get, I don't know, balanced out for the game, we're not going to be seeing them for a little bit, but hopefully soon. Also, a, a big shout-out thank you to Privateer Press for letting us read their phenomenal lore. And as always, please, if you're enjoying this, like, subscribe, let your friends know, let your fellow gamers know about this particular podcast slash YouTube channel so we can keep this steam engine running. And let's begin. Alright, we're going to start with the first of the Colossals, Conquest. Kodor Colossal Warjack. Initial service date, 608 AR. Height, 31 feet. Weight 100.8 tons, fuel load 3,150 pounds, general use 6 hours, combat use 45 minutes. Gotta make it quick with these types of things because this guy burns a lot while he's running. And he has a whole arsenal that we'll be going over at the end of this. So let's begin the lore. Among the proudest expressions of Kadoran martial determination, the conquest is a walking mountain of steel, bristling with some of the most powerful weapons ever used on the battlefield of the Iron Kingdoms. It advances slowly, but inexorably weighed down by impenetrable armor and boasting firepower of a mobile artillery battery. The deafening roar of the colossal steam-fed engine is punctuated by the staggering percussion of the devastating guns, which unleash the punishing hail of shells able to reduce warjacks to slag and render the ground impassable. The conquest began as a triumph of espionage by the Prikaz Chancellery of the Greylord Covenant. Agents within Caspia in the employ of the Chancellery discovered a massive project underway there. A number of detailed schematics were secured and brought to the great vizier Simovev Blastava, who discerned the impending birth of a new colossal and grave threat to Kodor. It took a little effort for Blasia and the Supreme Commandant to convince Empress Venar to meet the new danger with a colossal of their own. The Empress decreed that not only would the motherland field its own colossal, but the machine would be completed before Signar's. Plans for the conquest were laid out in a matter of weeks. Both the Empress and the Great Vizier used their formidable presence and political clout to quash all potential oppositions, transforming the cost and challenge of the project into a mechanism for gaining favor and prestige. The Grey Lord Covenant, Kodor Mechanic Assembly, and numerous Chaosi soon vied for recognition. Though they all received credit for their efforts, to some extent, the KMA was ultimately recognized as the primary architect of the conquest due to a large part to the political currency and emulative vision of Simon Blastava. Also, an apology, my Kador names, unless they're very frequently spoken, are usually mispronounced. I do apologize for anybody who has names similar to this that I mispronounce your name. Apologies in advance. My ord is very strong. 
Given the difficult task of completing the project ahead of Signar, Blastovia quickly arranged for the Colossal's components to be fabricated in numerous factories and workshops across several major cities, particularly Ak, Kartov, and Korsk. He also modified the Signar Arcanum Supernum Cortex to account for his country's dearth of several vital rare minerals <laughs> required for the refined metal alloys. This Kadoran variant cortex was less sophisticated, but it could be built quickly and more cheaply. The engineer and mechanics tasked with designing the conquest rose to the challenge of devising weapons powerful enough to be worthy of the Colossal without requiring the same degree of cortex supervision. Ultimately, they looked to the massive guns of Kodor's Navy Iron Hall warships whose enormous turrets boast cannons designed to be fired in tandem, the recoil of one being used to reload the other. The principle proved crucial as it prevented the need of the conquest cortex to regulate reloading. The main guns were supplemented by a set of twin-linked cannons mounted in the colossal shoulders. It soon became clear that the raw materials needed to build the conquest would be a burden, but the leadership indulged no compromises. Thousands of citizens in Korsk and Kardov went without coal for the winter, and hundreds froze to death. An unfortunate but necessary sacrifice made to fuel the foundries required to smelt one of the conquest's holes. During production, laborers worked around the clock, some dying of exhaustion or an accident brought on by fatigue. The combined efforts resulted in a resounding victory. The first operational conquest paraded through the Kadorn capital for the benefit of the people and Empress weeks before the debut of the Signar and Stormwall. With such clear symbol of the unrivaled superiority, the Kodorns unleashed the first conquest upon those who would deny them the right to empire. And that is very Kodoran risking the lives of their own people to push ahead of their enemies. I suppose that is the Kadoran way of victory at all costs. So, well, at least they have a conquest now, and he is a massive dude. I've gone up against him. Well, not up against. I fought alongside this thing, and those cannons are deafening when they go off. And his fists just tear through anything that he puts them up to, because he is definitely more melee than he is ranged, although he does possess a number of ranged attacks as well. But let's discuss his Mark III parts, and then we can discuss a little bit more afterwards. He is a Speed 4, which is common for every single Kadorn Warjack, big or small, apparently. Uh, Mat of 6, Rat of 4. Defense 7, he is easy to hit. Armor 20, he is basically just a Kodor Jack on steroids. His weapons include a main gun, range 15, power 15, AoE 4. Of course, AoE 4 is going to be changed in Mark 4 because the AoEs have been changed. Uh, he has two secondary battery cannons, which are a range 3, rate of fire 2, you know, AoE 3, POW 10 cannons, which, you know, that's three shots. Well, technically five shots if he's all loaded up. And then his fists are a power 23, or power plus strength 23 since we're in Mark 3. So if this guy gets with a Warcaster who can, you know, make his attacks go or make his damage go up higher, this guy is, you know, clearing through a lot of things in just one hit, which is terrifying and staggering and makes this thing worth its weight in gold. His special ability says he has Pathfinder. I think most 
Colossals and Gargantuans have Pathfinder because well, they just walk through anything they need to. His main gun, his range 15, power 15, has critical devastation. So on a critical hit, it throws everybody it hits that's in the AoE. And it throws them all a D6, which is a pretty pretty significant distance. And then, not on top of that, the power of it is still a you know POW 8 for that blast damage. So, you know, a lot of stuff. Also, its secondary guns do Creeping Barrage, which allows them to basically leave some AoEs all over the battlefield that if anybody walks into them, they automatically suffer a power 10 damage, which is phenomenal. Also, all of his secondary batteries are high explosives, so their AoE damage is also a POW 10, which is, you know, not the, not the highest, but still significant to take out most unit-based models. And as always, just getting one of these things onto the battlefield requires a lot of effort. Uh, I believe we were talking about uh, the Journeyman Warcaster. One of his first missions was to get the conquest over to Irisk. And tell you, this thing on the way over has cleared out so many guys so easily. But you can see it from anywhere, so he's not really a a warjack that you can hide with like things like stealth, because he stands over most treetops and. You can see him pretty much from a mile away. So, yeah, this thing is a massive, massive thing. And he and he smokes like you won't believe. But let's move on. All right, moving on to a warjack that I've actually never seen on the battlefield. His name is Victor Kodor Colossal Warjack. Initial service date 608 AR. Height 31 feet. Weight 102 tons. Fuel load 3,150 pounds. General use, 6 hours. Combat use, 45 minutes. And yeah, I've actually never seen this guy. I've heard about him. I've read articles and schematics on this guy before. And he's like a cousin of the Colossal, or the Conquest. So, let's read about him. Through the screams of shells arcing overhead and the ceaseless rattle of autocannons, the victor brings the culmination of Kodor's finest engineering against any enemy it faces. Beneath the might of the Colossal's versatile siege mortar, fortifications are reduced to rubble. Infantry is erased, and warjacks are turned to smoldering heaps of scrap. A number of brilliant young innovators at the Kadoran Mechanic Assembly laid the plans for the victor during the production of the Conquest, which was intended to serve as the framework for the Motherland's future Colossals, each with distinct weaponry and different roles on the battlefield. The victor's ambitious engineering salt to create a multi-use heavy artillery platform capable of neutralizing all manner of high priority and hard targets. The concept of a complex loading system capable of feeding multiple types of shells into high caliber siege mortars would ultimately become the backbone of the victor's design. The victor's primary weapon stands at the largest piece on the field, ordnance ever joined to a cortex. Additionally, supports welded to the Colossal's interior accommodate the significant weight and recoil of the siege mortar, and a series of massive gears and cranks serves to adjust its trajectory. The sophisticated multi-track loading mechanism occupies a large portion of the chassis and feeds one of three distinct types of ammunition into the siege mortar as needed, requiring only the cortex to make the selection according to the needs of the warcaster. Similarly, complex systems augment Victor's dual autocannons. Belted ammunition manufactured on large scale ensures continuous fire without long reload times. 
while the heat dispersing coiling and a water circulation cooling system prevents the jack from overheating during sustained use. While the old guard within the assembly dismisses the victor as overly complicated and worries it will require frequent and prohibitively expensive maintenance, most see it as a step forward in Cadorn engineering. The advances developed during its production are expected to lead the future innovation and armaments for the Empire. Furthermore, the Cadorn army has over time become better versed in establishing the augmented supply lines necessary to keep these machines operating at peak effectiveness. The machine requires added maintenance after the battle is generally considered to be more than acceptable trade-off given the superlative performance in the middle of action. The battles to come will prove whether Kodor's investments in Victor are worth the cost. And from what I've read about this guy, this guy is running machine guns. And machine guns are really good at taking out things that fly because instead of you having to fire directly at it, you just need to fire near it and eventually one of those shots is going to take it out. So it gives Kodor a little bit better chance of taking on flying targets, which have always been kind of a bane for any kind of Kodoran weaponry outside of a Widowmaker hitting something. But Widowmakers can only shoot something once and you can clear this thing with multiple shots all at once so that's always fantastic but we are actually going to go over the mark 3 versions of this guy and hopefully mark 4 is something similar but let's begin alrighty this guy is a strapping 4 speed which is normal a mat 6 which is normal rat 4 normal defense 7 normal armor 20 well pretty normal uh, his What's the main change on here is just his ranged weaponry compared to Colossal because both his fists still do the same amount of damage at 23. But he has a Siege Mortar, which is a range 20, which is crazy how long that is. That's actually that's actually running almost the same distance as a Dwarven, or Dwarven Mortar as well, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, rate of Fire 1, AoE 5, even though AoE is going to change in Mark 4. And the power is a 15. But what makes this even more interesting for Kadoran military is the ability to change the attack types. So most of the time, Kodor just shoots out something with an AoE and blast, yay, all done. However, you can actually change the ammunition on this guy. And there's three different ammunitions. You have Crater, which the AoE, after it's shot, actually creates rough terrain. So it grounds up all that dirt, making it really hard for people to walk over. He has Flare on that or you can add flare onto it making all models with stealth not stealth anymore and giving all models a, a minus two while they're in it and then he has incendiary incendiary goodness so he can actually catch everything on fire that is hit by that however because this is a Kadoran siege mortar it has inaccurate so it's going to suffer minus four to all its attack rolls anyway which I've always been confused on why we even give it uh, a rat to begin with, because it's kind of just shooting blind. Also, because it is a Kadoran Siege Mortar, it also has a minimum range of 6, so anybody who's right next to you, you're not going to be able to shoot them. You have to shoot long range because the you can't point mortars down at the ground uh, for well safety reasons, and they're just not designed to point at the ground. So there's that. And then his autocannons, his little machine guns, range 10, rate of fire D3, and a power 12. Uh, these guys also have flak fire, which they get an additional die on their attack rolls when they're targeting something with flight. 
as I mentioned earlier, shooting things with flight with a machine gun make it a lot easier to shoot it with at least one. Because once you get that aim on it, you can just keep blasting through. Yeah, this guy is definitely more of a ranged combatant. And he is definitely more utility over just, you know, straight up firepower. So, between him and Conquest, you can go with Conquest, although this guy, if he's shooting at, say, something that's not moving or something that has super low defense, you know, chances of him taking it out in one or two shots and not having to get up all close to it, this guy's really good at siege warfare, so everybody has their own place. But that will conclude our Colossals for Kodor. And next week, well next week or the following week we are going to be getting into the units solos and character types and we're going to be getting into a different army division such as the man of war division the winter guard division the iron fang pikeman division and the more foresty division i'm not sure how you would describe that division i would call them just the fifth border legion division but I'm not entirely sure if they actually have a specific name and not, but we'll be going over those. Uh, hopefully we'll finish them off in three or four episodes. We will find out in the near future. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast slash YouTube channel. Uh, please let your friends and fellow gamers know. Um, so of course we can keep this steam train running. Also, please like subscribe and share. It does help the, the channel to keep on growing. And as always, thank you, Privateer Press, for letting us read your fantastic lore. And as always, class dismissed.